Welcome to our first look at the PGA Championship here, out of the rough. We have me, Lenny, here, and Sean. Sean, how you doing today? Ecstatic. So, exci- so excited to be here and happy to be here. So we got another major coming up. Uh, it's going to be at Kiwa Island this time. It's a PGA Championship. We've seen the PGA Championship played at Kiowa Island before, back in 2012, which Rory McIlroy ran away with it on Sunday. Um, but we haven't had a tournament here at Kiowa Island since then. So we do have a little bit of a history to go off of, um, not too much, but it is a Atlantic Coast golf course in South Carolina. So when you're looking at some of your lineups, some of your builds, you know, looking at some of the guys who play in the, the coastal courses um, very well, uh, good thing to look at them for. Uh, maybe some of your European guys can get windy here, you know, being on the coast. Some of the Euros might be good ones to look at. Uh, so par 72 course, it is going to play long. I think it's going to be upwards of 7,800 yards, so it will be a long course. Um which does provide kind of a bit of intrigue into some of the bombers. I think for me, right, some of these longer holes, you're going to need to get the ball down there pretty far in the fairway, just so you can have a wedge or one of your shorter irons that you can get the ball to stop on the greens to give yourself a chance at a birdie. If not, you could see some of these shorter hitters struggle and trying to get the ball to stick on the greens giving them good chances for our birdies. Um, so some of your shorter hitters might need to be putting the ball very well this week. I mean, if it goes for everyone, you got to put the ball well to win, especially in the majors. Um, but just some of the things to kind of look at when building your lineups. Anything you have to add, Sean? No, I think that's all smart information. You just said, you know, the, the wins are going to be tough to – to try to handle off the off the coast, so anything that's going to be played there is going to be a little bit more difficult than what you might be able to see at at some other courses that have hosted the PGA Championship in the past. And like you said, you know there is a history that we can see. Um, it is almost ten years ago, so we'll have to go off of some of that and uh, and take our great expertise and move forward as we go through these guys. But um, it'll be interesting to see how the, everything closes uh, for the for these guys on this this course as the the par threes here. Um, it's a peat die course, so a little pond of diabolical bit here. Um, so it'll be interesting as uh, through once they hit 14, starts the par three stretch of uh, a long par three that's elevated to the tee, uh, and then 17 has a par three with the water, um, similar to last week's at Wells Fargo, where 17 was on Peninsula Green. This one's very similar; they have to play water almost the whole entire shot. So it's going to be an interesting close with everything else to have with it. Um, and I'm just excited that we get to use this course and get to see it again for all that it's worth. Uh, it's uh, quite the quite the nice course. Yeah, it'll be uh, certainly all the majors are enjoyable. You know, just about every golf tournament. It's fun to watch. But this, the majors especially, you know, really get into the majors. And speaking of which, I guess we should start giving a look into some of our players we have here. Starting off on our DFS, we're looking at our DraftKings prices specifically. We have Rory at the top, 11500 We have Justin Thomas coming in second, 11300 Those are the two guys over 11 k right now. And we have four guys coming in in the 10K range. We have DJ at 10-9, John Rahm at 10-5, Bryson DeChambeau, 10-2, and Jordan Spieth at 10-1. Just kind of our first look here, Sean. What do you think when you see these guys in the 10K plus range? Is there anyone that sticks out for you? Anyone you think might be overpriced? Anyone underpriced? I think everybody here is uh, deservedly uh, or is deserving to sit at the table, if you will, um, of being in the top tier of guys. You know, obviously, Rory, we already stated in 2012, won the won the tournament here, so. Um, might have been a different Rory that we saw too, because that year he had quite the run. A um, couple wins and down towards FedEx Cup time frame, he won back-to-back events. So not maybe the the same Rory we're going to see this year. Although last week at Wells Fargo was pretty uh, pretty nice to see him back up at the top. So 
Um, for me, Rory definitely is deservedly so. I mean, I'm, as you know from the previous uh, Breakfast Ball podcast that we've done, Rory was a, a big pick of mine too earlier in the Masters. So um, I'm always a favorite of Rory, so he sticks out to me. Um, surprisingly, well, not surprisingly to me, but I think the price might be a little surprising um, for Jordan Spieth um, being at the lowest here. I know he's still in the top tier, so it's not like he's very low, but looking at the other guys, I mean, the way that he's been playing this year, I know that you know he had a little bit of a spell with COVID, so he's been off. But the the, the time frames of Valero through the golf that we have seen, it almost seems like you know Jordan might be back, um, and it might be back to what we've what we've been used to seeing those runs for. So, I mean, everybody else in there, you see Justin Thomas hit the ball very very long, and the players, you know, this year being able to win that fifth major, if you will, so he can get a little comfort in there. Um, I know you're going to speak on John Rahm, or at least I'm assuming so, because if it's not, then the, the, we shouldn't even have a podcast. Um, <laughs> but but Bryce, Bryson, to me, I think is, is going to be just like every week. I you know I, I hate not saying good things about Bryson because I think what he's doing for golf is very interesting and looking at things in the way that he's going. But I, I just don't know if he's figured it out yet. You know, he, he's walking up to the tee box like he's a man and he's hitting a 300-yard drive that goes 40 yards off the fairway um you know but I, I mean he's still putting up numbers so it's hard to really complain about a guy who's doing all that um but in that top range if I'm going to be making lineups or if I'm probably working with my heart here a little bit um I'm going to be looking at Jordan and Rory I, I think that they might outside of DraftKings, you know looking at their bets too they might be safe ones to bet if you're looking at those top guys to want to put something on there um but those are mine. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I can't wait to hear your uh, your synopsis on John Rahm here. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you for the most part on these guys. You know, Rory has the win two weeks ago. He's won at this course before in almost a runaway fashion as well. So him at the top makes sense. Justin, he won the players. He's been playing great. Rahm, I think he's got nine top tens in his last 12. Bryson, he's got a, what? He's got two wins this year. One of them being a major, and then Jordan, who is playing fantastic golf. Right. The only question mark I have in this is Dustin Johnson, and I mean, it, it's kind of a weird thing because one, he's Dustin Johnson, and when he's playing well, I think he's the best player in the world. Right. There's not really a weakness in DJ's game. However, we saw him withdraw this week with an injury. You know, he hasn't finished in the top 10 since the Genesis back in February and had a miscut at the Masters. Just the results haven't been there. Every week, it seems like there's something missing in the game. It was his driver was bad for a while, and then his iron play wasn't good, and then he wasn't good around the greens. He just hasn't put it all together. And, you know, the injury kind of worries me a little bit as to what's going on with DJ. You know, is it just one of those things where he wants a little bit more rest, uh, doesn't want to risk aggravating anything this week? I don't know. So I think DJ someone I'm probably going to fade a little bit. Um, the rest of these guys, though, very intriguing. I have a little concern with Jordan Spieth just because of his length off the tee, the rest of these guys can all bomb the ball. Jordan isn't the longest hitter. Um, however, as we know, around the green, he's excellent. You know, as we're recording this, he's tied for second this week at uh, Byron Nelson. So, like, he's playing great. He's playing fantastic golf. Uh, I worry that his ownership is going to be a little bit too high for me. Um I probably am going to be looking more in the John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau range of my lineups. Uh, going to stay away from Rory and JT at the top. I think with those two guys above 11K, it's going to be difficult to build your lineups where, you know, you give me Rahm and DeChambeau, who I think probably have just about the same win equity as those two guys, and they're a 1,000 less. And I will be more than happy. Um, so, I mean, kind of similar to what you think here. I just, DJ's the one question mark I have. But picking any of these guys, like, 
you almost can't go wrong. You can f- easily find a reason to grab anyone in this range, I think. Next group of guys will – do you have something there, Sean? No, I was just going to agree with you. <laughs> I, I, I like that. Keep it green with me. Uh, the <laughs> next group of guys we'll kind of look at here, uh, most of the 9K range. We have Morikawa at 9.8, Xander Shalfley 9.6, Brooks Kepkin 9.5, Hideki 9.4, Victor Hovland 9.3, Webb Simpson 9.2, and Patrick Reed 9.1. What do you think about kind of this range here? I think this is one of the reasons why people or, or golfers or the avid golfer fan would love majors because you, normally when we get to this range, you're still talking about some pretty big name guys, but there's a lot of people here that I would really consider even just, you said, you mentioned Jordan's ownership and maybe those top guys will have a lot of people to own, you know, like, like the Rory's or Jordan's and, and John Rahm, who has been a very hot topic, not just on this podcast, but other places too. Um, so looking at these, this group of guys, I mean, Morikawa has been playing some pretty good golf in the last couple months. Um, Xander Schauffele has been playing. He, I always see, feel like he, his name is at the top of the leaderboard or always in one of those featured groups that we see. Um, obviously, Brooks Kepka here, I, I was a big fan of him coming up into this week. Um, I, it was interesting to see him at the Masters, like I said on the last podcast that we had. Um, so it, it's not, no surprise to see his name up here at a, at a major because this guy just plays for these things, I think. Um, but, I mean, you have the Masters champ in the 9,000 range. Um, after the Masters, I didn't really see too much of him play, but I know that he had a lot of press to do, and being the only winner from his country, he had a lot of stuff to do over there. So I'm sure yeah, he's been... He had, to, he had to do the two weeks quarantine from traveling to Japan and back. So I think gotcha. that kind of took him out of, of a few tournaments. Well, I would I would definitely do that too though. If I just won the Masters, I could I would do whatever I wanted to. So good on him for for celebrating that. Um, yeah. But really, the biggest name to me, I think, and somebody who's been playing the best golf in this range has been Victor Hovland. Um, I feel like this year his stats have been pretty much unreal. I don't know if he's I don't think he's won any tournaments this year, um, but I, I think he, he's he's had a few very good um, finishes into the tournaments. I know that he had the, the team play. They played pretty well um, in that team tournament as well. So I think Victor Hovland, to me, coming in at 9-3 is, might be the value play of this of this bracket if you're going to choose somebody. I, I think you know those top three guys really do stand out to me uh, of being somebody that I might try to fit in my lineup because they play, well, they play really good golf and they know how to, how to play in, in these types of events. Um, but I would say Victor Hovland, for me, is uh, somebody that really stands out in this group. Victor Hovland is definitely kind of my guy in this range as well. I think he's kind of just primed for for a big tournament here. Um, now you're he agreeing win, with me. That's awesome. <laughs> he did win the Mayakova earlier this year. Uh, it was kind of on the other end of the swing tour um, back in 2020. So he does have one win, but he has loads of just top fives, top tens this year. Like you said, he's playing great golf. Um, you know, he had a okay showing at the Masters. I'm not going to say he played great, but he didn't play bad. I think he finished 21st. Um, his only missed cut was at the players, which I'm fine throwing the players away because of so much water, so much kind of almost randomness seems to happen at the players that you play bad there. Like, I don't care, right? Um, but I think Hovland, right, he bombs it off the tee. Good ball striker. His around-the-green game has improved a lot. I think he's kind of, you know, the guy in this range I'm definitely going to key in on. Also, uh, Xander and Brooks Kepka. I think those guys are names that you definitely have to consider. Brooks Kepka, when it comes to a major, especially the PGA Championship, which he's just seemed to own, I, I, it's hard to, to look past him no matter what kind of condition he's in, no matter how he's playing. He's one of the guys that comes prepared to the majors, especially this one. And Xander, kind of always just the, the bridesmaid in major tournaments lately, just always finding himself there. 
in the mix in the top five that even if he doesn't win from a DFS standpoint, you can feel comfortable picking him because he's always up there in the mix scoring well. And I think those are kind of the main guys I'm going to be looking at in this range. I might, probably the guy like I'm fading might be Morikawa. And I almost feel like that's silly because he's just such a good golfer. Right? He, he's he's kind of earned this price range at 9.8. But at the same time, I I would just take the discount going with Xander, Brooks, or Hovland, saving myself the 500 where I could spend on a lower range guy that might get me out of the 6K range or something. Um, I also wouldn't have a problem in just skipping the 10K plus ranges and maybe getting a few guys in this 9K range and starting my lineup here. Um, I think it'll be tough for me to pass on adding either Rom or DeChambeau in my lineup. But if I started, um, you know, with, if I started with Shelfley and Hovland, I don't think I would be too upset. Now, do you think into, that the ownership in, do you think the ownership though for Hovland with all those top fives and stats that he's had this year, you think he's going to be high? I mean, we both hit on him pretty much. And like I, with those, with those top tiers, you think anybody's going to, like take over that that higher so percentage think, from one of these guys? I think in this range, I think you're going to see a lot of ownership in Morikawa because he's a previous winner of the PGA Championship. I think you'll see high ownership in Shelfley because everyone knows Xander Shelfley. He has a good track record. I think people want to bet on Brooks and people want to bet on Hovland. I think you can probably get a discount going, or not a discount, but you'll see a lower ownership in Hideki um, just because, you know, like you said, we, he basically disappeared for a month, was over in Japan, and then was quarantining, and then he's coming back. And then I think everyone now knows the name Hideki, so it's kind of like you know that everyone knows Hideki, so now you don't want to take Hideki because you think everyone might be on Hideki. Plus, that winning back-to-back majors is so difficult that, you know, I think people fade him for that reason. Webb has uh, a bit of an injury bug. We're not really sure there what his condition is. And Patrick Reed, I just – it's tough discounting Patrick Reed. I just don't see him having the win equity that the rest of the guys above him do that he gets kind of faded out a little bit because people people are going to want to go with those higher-priced guys, and then it's just he gets stuck in that range, I think, a little bit where you can't quite fit him as well into your lineup. I, I think it's funny that we only mentioned Patrick Greed as you introed the group and as we're exiting the group. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think uh, – not that you know, Captain America or whatever you want to call him is a, a bad pick here uh, for any means in that range. I mean, 9-1 is – it could be a very big value or discount, like you've mentioned before. Um, but I just, I something about Patrick Reed just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, and maybe, and I know he doesn't care at all what I think about him because he's a major champion and a Masters champion. Um, so, um, but it, I just thought it was interesting that uh, we went through almost everybody else except for that guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with picking him because he's a multiple major champion. He's won on tour this year. He's a multi-time winner on the PGA Championship. We know his ability. He's great around the green. You know, if it becomes a very windy course, the weather gets rough, the course becomes very tough, much more difficult than we expect. You know, He's someone you probably could plug in and play a lot more. Whereas if the conditions are great, you know, we have that beautiful 80-degree weather, not, the wind isn't too crazy. Give me those guys ahead of him before I take Reed. Yeah, we'll we'll move into our our next kind of here. We're looking at the 9,000 to 8.3 range. We have Cantlay at 9,000, Kim Smith at 8.9, Will Zalatoris at 8.8, Daniel Berger 8.7, Tony Finau 8.6, Scotty Scheffler 8.5, Matt Fitzpatrick 8.4, Sungjae 8.3. 
What are our thoughts here, Sean? I like this one too. I mean, like, I, I think each each of these ranges, you can make a, a case for anybody. I mean, Cameron Smith coming off the mullet song with uh, Mark Leishman and the group play win this year, or this, or I should say group play, whatever it was called. Um, but then you got, you know, Will Zalatoris making his big run here. I think there's a bunch of big hitters that can help play into that range that kind of almost match up to those guys in the top tier of, of the long ball hitters. Tony Finau smacks the crap out of it. Um, you know, Berger, I know he can hit a drive too. Scheffler can hit the ball pretty far too. So it's going to be interesting to see how some of these, uh, I would say, I say lower end as we get into this tier, but um, some of these guys handle the course. Um, I, I mean, a few names that, that do stick out right away would, would be a, a Tony Finau, um, somebody who, who is probably right on the cusp of getting a major um, and of, of doing what he what everyone else is thinking he's capable of doing. I mean, the guy has a short backswing and smacks the ball longer than anybody else has who has a bigger backswing. And he's playing. he should be playing better golf than, than some of the numbers that he has been putting up. And I think he would say the same thing too. So coming into a, a golf course in an event like this, you know, he's probably got a chip on his shoulder to, to get back to, to his playing abilities. Um, and then in looking at some of the uh, other people here too, like, like I said, Cam Smith, um, he, he, I think he's been playing some really good golf, um, but just somebody that even on a like a personal standpoint from not just the, the daily fantasy, but just the, from a bet standpoint at a plus 4,000, I mean, that's not a bad odd for, for someone like a Cam Smith to, to place a bet on if you wanted to just try something out. Um, so those are the guys that kind of stick to me, um, but I, I'm interested to hear who you think. I definitely like Cam Smith. Definitely like Tony Finau. Definitely like Matt Fitzpatrick. I'm pretty big on Sung Jm. You know, all of those guys have played some great golf this year. They all have that pedigree of, you know, if we saw one of these guys break through and win a major, I don't think anyone is, like, surprised or shocked. Maybe Tony Finau, just because he hasn't won in four years now which is part of the reason I love betting on Tony Fino because I want to hold that ticket when he does win. So it, I'm just kind of throwing money away, betting on him all the time. Eventually it'll run its course and I'll stop. But he he plays a great game, so it's tough not to. Um, but yeah, Cam Smith playing amazing golf, like we talked about. Um, if it gets windy, right, being the Aussie, Aussies play great in the wind you know, traditionally, and he's shown that he can play great in the wind. Anyways, but he's someone I think can do well. And then, like you said, that plus 4,000 number, I think it's a great number to bet on him at. Yeah, Patrick Cantlay at the top. I'm avoiding Patrick Cantlay completely. I don't trust his game, where he's at. And we haven't seen too many great things from him lately. I think he's has he missed his last four cuts in a row, I think. Off the top of my head, if I can remember. So I'm staying away from him. Will's out towards is an interesting pick. Great ball striker. Bombs the ball. You know, and this tournament is a tournament we've seen a lot of, you know, rookies, new kind of up and coming guys on tour winning some guys with some kind of I don't know almost like their breakthrough win has been the PGA Championship. You know, when we had Morikawa winning it, we had like Keegan Bradley winning it, um, Jason Duffner winning it, Jimmy Walker, trying to think back through in the last few years. Um, but, you know, some of the guys where it's, it's kind of almost their, their breakthrough welcome to the tour is is a major championship, and it's been the PGA Championship. So, you know, I don't know if I'm going to pick Will Zalatoris since the Masters. I don't want to say his game's fallen off, but he hasn't been that fantastic, ex- fantastic, excellent player. Um, he might be kind of back to being just a great player on tour. Um, we'll see if he finds the game. Could be He could be up there in the mix, and I wouldn't be surprised. Berger's another guy I'm not too hot on. Um, you know, his game has been a little bit questionable, a little shaky lately. 
But for me, yeah, Cam Smith, Matt Fitzpatrick are probably the two guys, and Sung Jay. I think they're playing the best golf out of everyone in this section. Um, if it gets windy, the course gets tough. I think they're kind of the best bets on you know, playing in the conditions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Sungjae and Fitzpatrick at plus 5,000, you know, the 50 on them, I kind of like those odds as well. Um, but do you have any, anything else on these guys, Sean? No, I, I, Will Zalatoris, I know I mentioned him earlier. I just think that, you know, it would be interesting to see how he plays this year as that, like, up-and-coming, like you mentioned, of, of some of those debut-type plays. I mean, even I would consider kind of like Brooks's first PGA Championship as, like, a coming-to-life of, of an event for him, too, um, even though he, he probably already had a major in his hand, too. But, um, no, I think, I think a lot of these guys here have a, a good chance of, if they play their game and they play well, I think you'll see see these guys scattered along the uh, along the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, for sure. Now the next range we're gonna look at. It's gonna be all the guys from eight two to seven three. This range is full of, I guess you can say, full of some big names. Full of guys that I like a lot. Uh, a lot of interest in here. I'm not gonna go through everyone because there is a pretty big list. Um, through here we kind of get some guys stacked up but starting off at the top we have tommy fleetwood at eight two justin Rose at eight one terrell Hatton at eight thousand kind of have the the english contingent um and then a lot of mix of some international guys here and i think you know the, the pga championship has been i don't want to say traditionally won by an american but you know, what is it, like eight out of our last ten winners have been Americans. And I think some of these guys could get faded a little bit for, you know, a few of your North Americans. But if you look at our results at Kiowa Island back in 2012, there was only, what, three Americans in the top ten. It was won by Rory, David Lynn coming in second. And then you have Poulter, Rose, Carl Pedersen tied for third. Keegan Bradley, who is in this range, where's he at at 7-3? So, I mean, I don't want to say based off of one event here that, you know, it, it, it suits the European guys, but, you know, it's hard for me not to say that you can see some of these guys playing well here. Is there anyone specifically kind of in this list that intrigues you, Sean? I mean, it's a big list, so I think there's a few names that stick out. I think it's also very interesting that a lot of these European guys are put in this range. As you mentioned earlier, the the type of course that we're playing is going to be pretty, could be pretty familiar to some of these guys as they've, you know, dealt with some of the the courses that they've played in when they've grown up and whatnot. So it it'll be interesting to see if anybody can stick around. I think um, just looking at the list itself, I you know, Justin Rose kind of stands out to me. At being at the top of this category at eight one, um, with the Masters going into how he played the first couple of rounds, he was playing lights out golf, uh, but then Justin Rose kind of Justin Rosed it um, and fell off the at the end. So it'd be I, that kind of scares me in that sense because I like it because he played so well and it, you know he came to life, but at, at the same time he couldn't finish for me. Um, but Abraham Answer is really, I think, somebody that. You know, I, I think it was the last couple of weeks he came in like tied for second or second solo by himself. Um, the last two weeks in a row, I think. Um, so it, it's it's been an interesting um, couple of weeks for him on how he's been playing. So coming in hot to to the championship might might benefit him in a way. Um, and with the with a lower price of seven nine, after we've talked about that plethora of guys, he might be a really good filler uh, to to if you're looking to make someone in that lineup. Um, but if I'm looking down towards like the lower ends of things or trying to see if there's any like value play in here, I, I know I was pretty big on Jason Day before. Um, I know it's we're not seeing the same Jason Day that we saw back when he won the PGA Championship and then came the next year uh, in second. I believe that was what he won it in 2015 and then came in second in 2016. So um, he, he knows how to play in events like this, obviously. And I, 
when I say that all these guys know how to play in events like this, they, they don't, they know that each tournament is huge, but having that, having your name on a trophy already kind of motivates you. And, and I think he's kind of on that ride back to find out if he can really get back to where he once was, or if, if this is just now the Jason day that we're going to see. So I'm kind of pulling for him in that aspect. Um, but looking at it, I, when you said new person, um, at least they're new to me, so I don't know if they're if this is like this might be a bad thing for me to say on my golf knowledge. But Corey Connors and Sam Burns, um, those are two names that I think I'm going to try to fit into the lineup if I can. Corey Connors has been playing great golf, in my opinion. Uh, I know he's had a lot of top tens, and he's he's been striking the ball pretty good. Uh, I think you know as a first, just as a first glance, as as some of those new guys, he comes to mind, and Sam Burns. Um, I, uh, to be honest with you, I don't really know much about Sam Burns. I know he came off the, I think he was on the corn ferry, if I'm not wrong. Um, and you know, he, he played in the, the team event. Uh, what was he with? Uh, who did he play in the team event with? Oh crap. I can't remember. They were doing pretty well. I forget who his partner was, but I remember the one day he was making putts like crazy. Uh, like he was just on fire with his putting and that's why they had the scores so well. It was because, they were taking his ball on the uh, on the best ball round, so it would. I think Sam Burns is somebody that would be maybe possible for like that new up and coming run uh, in my eyes, and with the seven five value or the seven six on Corey Connors, I think they're both steals. I agree with you on Corey Connors. I mean, looking at some of the guys who are ahead of him, like Leishman played excellent at the Masters. I think he came in and tied for fifth. You know, Leishman has played well, hasn't had the greatest season, has been improving lately. But, I mean, you have him, Sergio Day, Shane Lowry is another guy, Adam Scott. Guys with a lot of kind of question marks ahead of Corey Connors, who has been lights out lately. You know, outside of the Wells Fargo where he finished 43rd, I mean, he had what? Looking up his results here, 21st, 4th, and 8th at the Masters, 14th, 7th, the 3rd. You know, so he's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 in a row in the top 15. Uh, he strikes the ball better than almost anyone on tour. And I think at the majors, you know, playing the great ball strikers is always going to play. Just with how difficult, you know, major setups are, the good ball strikers you know, having that ability helps you tremendously. You know, you they're better keeping the ball in play, you know, a little bit more accurate getting, hitting their spots in the fairways and the greens. Um, Corey Connors, you know, isn't the best putter, isn't the best around the green guy. However, to be kind of priced at that 7-6 range is a bit shocking to me. I expect him to have a very high ownership. Um, you know, like you said, Abe Answer, another guy who has been playing well, another really good ball striker, isn't the longest of hitters. However, you know, he's a very accurate guy. He's one of the most accurate drivers on tour. Um, Justin Rose at 8-1, a guy who has, what I say, finished top for third last time we played here at Kiowa. He's had great moments this year you know at the players he was up there in the running before he got hurt at the masters you know he was running away with it on day one and then kind of fell back to the field and you know he just has to kind of do that and put together just three more just solid rounds to keep himself in play I mean I'm looking at his scorecard from last time they played in Kiowa and he kind of did the same thing he went out shot a 69 on day one 79 on day two and still came back after shooting seven over still came back to finish four under in the tie for third you know it's some of the volatility is great because you have such low rounds with him but then you have such high rounds so it's a bit of a mystery one guy i'm intrigued in is garrick higo i've seen a bit of him playing on the european tour and, you know, when they were in the Canary Islands for that four-tournament tour or four stretch, he was just on fire. He won two out of the three he played in, I think it was. Um, other one was an eighth-place finish. 
just striping the ball. Um, he's someone who intrigues me. I don't know if I will put him in lineups. I might a little bit and kind of see, you know, I think maybe a bit of a contrarian play because I don't think too many people have really heard of Gary Kigo or know him too much. But at 7-4, kind of towards that bottom end, you know, I might be looking for a flyer. He does intrigue me, um, and I've seen great things out of him. You know, he's a young guy. Sometimes I think can not make the smartest play, plays a bit reckless and foolish, but at the same time, that's what kind of gets you some of your low scores is is making some of the crazy plays, making some of those kind of bubble Watson moves. And but, you know, he's someone who who I think I might play a little bit of. And then Keegan at seven three. I think, you know, he's someone who could be up there. I don't expect him to win it. Um but I expect him that he could easily get a top ten finish and I wouldn't be surprised. And I would be more than happy with a top 10 out of Keegan here. And then I think some other guys, Neiman and Casey at 7, 8, and 7, 7, interest me. You know, I've been on Neiman kind of all year, just playing some great golf lately. Looking at the list, I think Matt Wallace is another person you could take a flyer on. If he was a little bit cheaper, he's at 7, 4. You know, if he was kind of down a little bit lower, Maybe around the seven one seven k range, I'd probably like him a bit more. Um, but you know, there's some definite. If you want to take some betting odds flyers, some great guys in here, I think. Um, but anyone that or anything you have kind of to add in here. So my, uh, I just had a little bit of a connection issue and it went dark. So I don't know if you mentioned this guy or not, but. Um, I was surprised that uh, I didn't hear him out of your mouth, but Joaquin Neiman was in this grouping. Um, I did, yeah. I did mention him a little bit there. He's probably the same okay. I will. I will have a bet on He's at plus uh, 50 right now. I, I definitely will have some action on him. I think he's another guy who's priced a little bit too low. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's not priced a little bit too low. You kind of look at the guys around him. You know, you have Louie at 8, 8 answer, 7, 9, Neiman 7, 8. He's probably, he's probably just about right. Um, but yeah, well, definitely... it, wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a podcast if you didn't mention his name, so I'm just glad that you did. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Because <laughs> it needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's, uh, he's earning some frequent flyer miles on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, we have Brian Harmon in here. I can't go without uh, mentioning Brian Harmon, who's won me some money this year at 7-4. I just think the course might be a bit too long for him. You know, he's one of the shorter hitters, but he is great with his long irons. Is another thing. Lefty. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think seeing how well he's been playing lately, his ownership might be a bit higher than the rest of the guys in this range. Yeah. But then again, you have Max Homer at 7-3, who's another guy who's been playing well. Doesn't he have uh, – doesn't Max have bones on the bag this week too? Yep, he does. I just saw that uh, right before so that we might, started recording. Yeah, that might help, and that might be why his odds are so low compared – or so, like, yeah. you know, he's at yeah. 66 compared to some of the other guys that are at 10. So it's uh, – it's interesting I mean, that he might have somebody like that to, to help him with. like Having a keep, guy with some course knowledge. And to keep ahead, you know. He's, yeah. How many times did he win with Phil? So, he's you know, he, he could coach him up a few times on there. It would be interesting to see where he goes from this, too, with the knowledge that Bones might give him. Um, but one more person for me, at least, that I was, as I was looking through the list, that you talk about the wind and some of the conditions that might be played. And, you know, having to hit the ball long but also be strategic about some of those things. And Gary Woodland, with that stinger that he has, it would be interesting to see if there's some windy days when some of the guys are flighting the ball high. He's pretty good at keeping everything, you know, down to the ground and low. And it might. I just wonder if that might take any advantage of uh, – uh, he might, you know, break some of the other stuff that some of the guys have to deal with. So it would uh, just be interesting to see what kind of – Shots, if any, he gets to hit or, or make through with the wind or about around the wind, if you can around the wind. Um, but 
he's coming off some good finishes lately. Fifth uh, at the Wells Fargo, sixth at Valero. But he does have a few missed cuts thrown in there as well. But when you talk about that ball flight and keeping a low ball flight, another guy who's great at it, just throw it out there, Joaquin Neiman. <laughs> so if uh, that's a thing you're looking for, you want to play Woodland, Neiman, not a bad option to throw in there as well. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to our kind of it's a it's a shorter monetary range, but full of players here. We're looking at seven two to seven thousand. I think this is even though it's only a two hundred dollar difference, it's an important kind of price range to break down because you're hoping. I think for me personally, I'm hoping that the lowest price guy in my lineup is coming from this range. So I think it's very important that you kind of hit here. I will have lineups where I dip below seven k. Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably have six or seven total lineups and some of them I will kind of take some flyers. However, I think hitting on this range was, is very key. And there's a lot of flyers in here that I really like. I'll let you go first, Sean. Who do we All right. Have? So, um, just looking through here, uh, I, you know, Ian Poulter was on the top, one of those names that you listed earlier, um, on the. 2012 leaderboard um so obviously having a good course history here when the tournament was played for that um, bodes something in my head uh just coming off the missed cut with his son on the bag might give him some extra motivation to uh to do well at the, at the championship and and make up for that um, although that is a pretty cool thing win or lose to be able to go out with your kid and and uh, have them be the caddy for you at a pga event that's a that's insane um so Poulter at 7-1, I think his value is pretty good. And a 12-5 bet for him, too. Um, it, you know, it's out there, but with him being European and, and used to playing on some of those, you know, courses that are out there, like you mentioned earlier, I think it might be something that he, he, he can deal with. Um, looking through it again, there's two guys that come back-to-back. Um, same price range for Jason Kokrak. He's 7-1. Um, I was pretty high on him a couple weeks ago, and... And he finished pretty well for me. Um, his betting odds are ridiculously low compared or high compared to the rest of them at, at just eighty, where the rest of the guys fall into that ten thousand range or higher. Um, so he he's somebody that could who, who could uh, make a run for me. Um, and then also uh, the guy who doesn't treat this as a as a hobby um, and, and takes it as a, as a real job of Kevin Kisner. Um, I think you know you you hear all the stuff that he does on the course that's in the tour, but also the, all the things that he does like outside of it with some of the barstool guys or the other things that he, he does. And it, he just lights up the course and plays golf. So I think he's somebody that, you know, comes to the course with that mindset that I'm going to try to kick its ass and see what he can do. Uh, but I think those guys to me stand out. Um, I would like to say, you know, Martin Keimer, somebody who's won it before. Maybe I haven't heard much of Martin Keimer since he won it. So it'd be nice to see if he can come back onto the PGA Tour. I think he's been spending some time over on the European Tour. Um, and then I, I feel like as much as I give you a hard time about Joaquin Neiman or John Rahm, if I don't mention this guy's name, I feel like I don't do my job either. Um, and that'd be Ricky Fowler. Um, you just hope that he kind of can come back to life and, and find a way back to, to Ricky ways and, and be that, you know, guy going on trips with Thomas and Spieth when they're all doing well. So it'd be, it'd be cool to see him get back into it. He's got some pretty low odds, same as Kokrak of the 80 uh, for the bets, and he's listed at 7,000, so he, he could be low. I understand if you don't want even want to think of Ricky because of how he's been playing. I just hope I don't get a tongue lashing like when I said Stenson's name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, the the only reason I'm not gonna play Ricky this week might be because um, of his special exemption to get in. I don't know if he deserves to be in. However, yeah, he, Ricky's always gonna have low betting odds because he's so popular that people know him. You know, he's just a popular name on tour from when he was so good that he'll always have lower betting odds, I think, than what he should have. But. It's a good contrarian play, probably, to toss in a Ricky Fowler in there. Kokrak, though, you mentioned Kokrak. He's a guy that I do like. Um, Siwoo Kim is someone who I definitely like. And if you just look at the betting odds, 
Everyone in this range, we have Kokrak at 80, Fowler at 80. Everyone else is a plus 100 or more, except for Siwoo Kim at plus 66. Right? And I think that's a very good representative of Siwoo Kim's game and kind of where he should be at. He's someone who I think is a little bit low. You look at who he's around here with, you know, Harris English at 7'2", who hasn't been playing well. Aaron Wise, who is a very kind of volatile hit or miss. He's either showing up in the top 10 or he's a miscut by Friday, it seems like. Russell Henley, his game hasn't been great. You know, Billy Horschel does have the win at the WGC event. Um, however, I don't think he's going to be great. Not He's not fantastic off the tee, and I think he will have to be pretty good off the tee this week. Um, where Siwoo Kim has a fairly good all-around game. Um, isn't a huge bomber, but at the same time, he isn't necessarily going to be losing a ton of shirts off the tee. He's been playing great. He's sitting 18th right now at the Byron Nelson, finished 12th at the Masters, had a 9th at the Players. So in some of these big events this year, the tough events, is where he's had some of his best finishes. Um, and I think he's someone who I'll definitely toss in a few lineups. Cameron Tringali, another guy who's been playing well this year. Um, I'm... I'm probably going to be fading the Keimer. Grio, I just don't trust him. Kind of a contrarian play as well. Fowler. Um, Kucher and Kisner, I just don't know if they're long enough anymore to play and to compete. But one guy who definitely is Robert McIntyre. Uh, currently is sitting second on the, um, what is it, the British Masters. He does bomb the ball. He's excellent with the driver, excellent off the tee. He hasn't been hitting his putts this week. However, you know, he gets hot with the putter. He's someone who can compete. And at plus 125, I don't think that's a bad number to maybe just throw a few bucks on. Now we have – you have anything else on these guys? Any more uh, – Fowler love. No, no, I, I, I don't have any more Fowler love. No, I, I was when you said Billy Horschel. That's the only other person that like kind of, I, I may have looked at. Um, but your description of why he wouldn't win pushed me right away. So, <laughs> I will, uh, I will not. Uh, but I, I, will, I will say he's, you know, Billy Horschel kind of to me at least was not somebody who, I know he had a, I feel like he had that run it a couple years ago with the FedEx tournaments and, um. He was a kind of a big name, and I don't want to say he ever wasn't, but kind of disappeared. So I, I will say he's, he's reappeared, if you will, um, in my eyes. So I, I, it's just he's somebody that stands out in that group of just, you know, being a past winner this recently on the tour. Um, but now we can move on to the next one. Uh, so now we have just kind of the guys under 7,000. Uh, we're not going to break all these guys down, go through all of them because there is a ton. I will point out we do have Henrik Stenson here at six nine. Does he have any interest to you? Uh, if he did, I wouldn't say it to you publicly. <laughs> See, the no. thing is, the thing is though, sitting right underneath him is Stuart Sink. Stuart Sink has won twice on tour, and is the same price as Henrik Stenson. Twice on tour this season, I should clarify, right? And is the same price as Henrik Stenson. That does not make any sense to me. You have John Catlin at 6'8", who's won twice on the European tour below him as well. I don't know. I, I want Stenson to do well. I do. But come on, Henrik. Let's, let's find some fairways. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting. It's interesting that the um his points like that he averages is so low too compared to the rest of the guys that are around him. We're looking at it, and you know Ryan Palmer, who's a pretty big name, I think, to be in this in this lane, um ranking of of listings. That has eighty averages eighty points, and Stuart Sink with those wins like you mentioned averages sixty nine and cents and comes in at thirty four. Um, so it is it is very interesting as to why he's so high up on there. 
Um, but I did learn my lesson last time that I mentioned him to not, not only not mention him, but to not pick him. Um, it would be nice to see him get back because I think he's kind of one of those, you know, Ian Poulter's or one of the like the guys that I kind of grew up watching and you kind of like to see win. Um, so I always try to root for him, but um, when it comes to my pocket, I'm probably not going to talk about him anymore. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's not someone who like I have a personal hate for or anything. I just hate his game right now. Like I want him to do well. Like I, he seems like a great guy, someone who's fun to root for. You know, back when he was one of the best ball strikers on tour, it's fun to watch. Um, it's just his game is just not there. He's just kind of lost that ball striking ability that he once had. Uh, he's, he's pulled up his stats. His best finish on tour this year is a 21st at the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship at the Corrales Punta Cana Golf Course. Um, I always have to say the full name of that. Uh, he's got a 23rd at the RSM. You know, his two best finishes aren't even top 20s. It's just kind of sucks to see but it's just his pricing like i just can't deal with his pricing especially how you mentioned when we're looking at the average points kind of around him with palmer at 80 and then you know it's just it it's almost it it sucks to see (laughs) well i have to scroll down into the point standings to go down to now i'm so far i don't even know what stenson was was what his money line was for it, but um, if he was at like that amount of points, he's down to sixty two hundred compared to the rest of the guys. So it is, it is interesting that he's what six nine. So so um, whatever the math is on that, uh, seven higher. So, um, but for not wanting to talk about Stenson, we've talked about Stenson a lot. So hopefully he does well. So that way that uh, that little segment of Stenson doesn't. Uh, We'll do our segment, our Stenson segment. We'll call it that Stenson. now. <laughs> Stenson can he can never hide from us. We're always so. gonna have something to say. Well, I do. <laughs> um, but looking at, as we're going through the rest of the list, I mean, I know there. To be honest, like you said in the last one, you'd hope to have your lowest guy come from that range that we just talked about earlier, and and that's what I'm kind of hoping for too. Um, there's not too many names that, that do stick out. I did say Ryan Palmer earlier, so and I, I don't know if I overstepped you by saying his name too. I know he was a fan, you were a fan of him, um, maybe just because he was paired with John Rahm that turned yeah, it. But... I, 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 he, he's someone who kind of is one of those guys who's just been grinding away on the tour for a dozen years. Hasn't, I, I feel like I like the guys who aren't like the big winners and haven't won in a while. And he's kind of in that Tony Fino range where, where he needs an individual win here. And like, I'm just rooting for him to get that win. Plus he seems like a great guy. Yeah. It's always nice to see people too from this range win it. Cause you, you're obviously never thinking about it. So, um, Older guy trying to go for it, good for him for for still going out there. Another older guy to me that I feel like always comes alive. I don't know if it's just like the Masters or just certain tournaments that just mean a little bit more. But Molinari, Francesco Molinari, um, coming in at six eight. I mean they're they're at the top of this link, ranking. So you know seven thousand to six eight or to six nine is really not that big of a difference. So I don't know if you're really losing too much money on these guys if you were to pick some of them. Um, but after those those two. I mean, I don't really know if I'd go very for much further down. Um, what about yeah, Phil? Since yeah, Dan, Phil at six seven. Phil, at Phil six, seven. And, yeah, those two. I think you know. I guess you could make a a, a case for those two. Uh, Phil is just Phil. Um, you gotta love Phil, and he, I think he just got right before we started to do this too. I think I just saw he got a, a special exemption into the U.S. Open too, so yep. he'll be coming to Torrey Pines. So that'd be nice. Um, but Danny just being the uh, the Masters winner and kind of coming out of nowhere, if it seemed like for that Masters win, um, could be something that you know maybe he takes into uh, and and runs with. Yeah. The, the crazy thing is, like everyone thinks about him coming from nowhere, but he was like a top twenty ranked player in the world at that point in time. But just his odds and everything were so low, and being a, a bit of an unknown European. However, he is playing well this week over at the British Masters. And, you know, he's also hosting the tournament. I don't know how much 
fatigue and you know mental kind of draining all of that work and effort getting into hosting the tournament all that additional things he has to do are however he is playing well for me i think the lowest that i would go is six five with Mackenzie hughes and brendan Steele. Probably Eric Van Royen's in the 6'5 range, but I don't know if I want to play EVR. But Mackenzie Hughes, someone who, you know, isn't the best ball striker, but great around the greens. You know, if he is in a bit of a tough position, I think he can save himself, just grind away those pars. A little bit like, a, you know, the poor man's Patrick Reed, I think, here, um, without other allegations during tournaments. And and then Brendan Steele, who's kind of just a decent all-around game, consistent player, who I think I don't he could compete. I, I don't think he has as much win equity as some of the guys. Like you know, an EVR maybe you could see him up there towards the top, probably a bit more. I think he has a bit more of the game where he could compete, but he also has the game where after Friday you see him eight over and you're like kind of not too surprised i don't want to say that but it's true you know so i think that's kind of where my range bottoms out yeah i i I don't think that you're wrong i think um the only reason i'm doing these two next names is just to do them a service because the ones won the tournament and that's jimmy walker um that he won it what, what was it back in uh 2016 so um again just with yeah. your name on the tournament already or on on the uh trophy it might make you motivated to try to add it again not saying that i'm i'm putting any stake into him but just throwing that name out there and then the uh the last one because why not uh john daly um i just think it's crazy that he's in the field still <laughs> yeah i don't is he i don't know if he is playing this week i have to look it up he's just I don't know. I don't. I don't care if he is or isn't. But yeah, one thing with um, Jimmy Walker is this: I do believe is the last year of his five-year exemption into the majors. You know, maybe it's the, a bit of extra motivation. Uh, you know, maybe it's a kind of a, a final send-off pick. You play him in a lineup this year. It might be the last time you see him in a major. Um, but yeah, I just. I can't see myself going lower. If I'm dipping into that 6,000, 6,1, 6,2, I'm just going to readjust at the top probably. (laughs) You're just going to be too top heavy. We're going to have to find somebody down here, but hopefully you don't. Should be a good tournament though. Should be. All right, so one final thought, Sean. Yes. Who do you think is the highest price player that misses the cut? The highest-priced player that misses the cut. Who? Um, well, someone that we... Uh, I don't want to throw shade at. I don't think any of the top guys miss the cut, to be honest with you. I think that all of those guys, if they show up, they're going to show up. Um, I would say, it's for me, it probably would land somewhere around the... Um, Nine two to nine thousand range. Any I could see any one of those guys being the the highest rated. The the Webb Simpson to Patrick Reed or Patrick Cantlay. Um, I could I could see that those three being maybe. Um, I I don't I don't. That's a tough question. What about what? Why? Where are you at? <laughs> um, I'm. Gonna say Rory? Like, a, <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna go Rory. He could. I also think. Rory, JT is safe. DJ, maybe. I think Rom is safe. Bryson's a maybe. Jordan, you just never know. He's been playing so good, so he's a no. But Colin Morikawa, no particular reason. Putting it on him. Going higher than me. I like it. Bold move. We'll see if you're right. Yeah, I can't go too crazy in the 10K range, but go one down. Colin Morikawa, like I said, no particular reason, kind of just a gut thing. He's someone who I'm probably not going to play much, so kind of safe to pick him anyways. But, all right, that is our Breakfast Ball podcast, our first look at the PGA Championship. 
we will have another show going over ton of our individual DFS plays. Go a little bit more into the stats and the background of guys and you know why we think that they will be a great course fit once we kind of delve a bit more into everything. And so make sure you listen to that. You know, follow us on all of our social media and uh, just happy betting. <laughs> happy betting and good golf. <laughs>